You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the Kimi76 bringing us into episode number 107 of Straight to the Point. My name is Chris. Here on my guy, J-Dub. Yo, what's going on? Yeah, well, I know we took a little bit of a hiatus, but we wanted to kind of build everything up, build the anticipation up, but we have plenty to talk about. MLB trade deadline has come and gone. Some some big names in new places. Uh, Deshaun Watson's suspension has come out and some of the fallout because of that. Um, the Hall of Fame game in the preseason of the NFL is back. I can't. I can't express how excited I am for the return of football. Um, we're definitely going to talk about the the Brittany Griner fallout and what's going on there and pay our respects to two legends of sports, Vin Scully and Bill Russell. But, Jared, let's start. You know, you love a good transaction. You love a good trade. Jared, let's start in Major League Baseball as some pretty big names have found themselves in new situations. Yeah, yo, the trade down was nice for MLB this year. Because normally, you know, most teams don't get to make such blockbuster deals. Like the Soto deal was probably number one on the list. Soto was traded to the Padres in what I would argue is probably what now the market setter for star young star MLB players around the world or oh, around the league. For sure. Because of what he was uh, traded for. Like it, it, the package, I believe, was one of the biggest packages they said Ever. Ever in Ever. baseball history? Durant-like package. Yeah, it was like they the Padres had uh, traded for Soto, and they also got first baseman Josh Bell from the National, who's a very good first baseman. Like, that's not very good. Very he's good. very good. And they there were they gave up, I believe, left-handed pitcher Mackenzie Gore, an outfielder, shortstop C.J. Abrams. They gave out an outfielder, right-handed pitchers. They gave out another baseman, and like Luke Vault. And then they also had to give up, like, a lot of utility players and stuff like that. They gave up a lot of pieces to acquire two good players. And, you know, uh, Soto's what, 24 years old, maybe? 23. Two-time All-Star, home run derby winner. He's now going to be joining a team that already has Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. This team's it, – it changed the whole shakeup of the league because the Padres – you knew the Padres were going to be good, but now mm. it's like their World Series good. Adding this guy, adding these two players into the lineup that not only helps their batting but also bolsters their defense. Right. I liked it. I liked the, one thing, the one thing you didn't mention with Soto is he's already won a title. Won a title with the Nationals yep. in 2019, which feels like forever ago. But the Padres, you know, the Soto thing overshadowed the fact that they went out and got the best closer in baseball and Josh Hader to shore up the back end of their bullpen. Because if you watch any – if you know anything about baseball – it's going to come down to whose bullpen can solidify the end of the game in October. And this goes back to last year when the Padres thought they had Scherzer and they thought they had Trey Turner and they didn't end up with either one. They went to the Dodgers. So they had to make a splash. They felt as though they had to continue to hold serve with the Dodgers, who was one of the best teams in baseball. You know, they had to make, make their presence known in the National League, and it's packed in the National League, okay? You still have the Mets, the Braves, 
the Dodgers, the Padres. <laughs> like, this, this is, it's very packed in the National League. So they had to, you know, facilitate a trade. You know, there was rumors, there was grumblings that Soto was not happy in Washington. The new owners of the, the Nationals wanted to kind of tear, tear it down. They offered him $400 million, and he turned it down. $400 million, and he turned it down just to get up out of there. Um, so Bradley Bill remains the highest paid loser in D.C. But yeah, so you have to that, – that was really a low blow, my fault. But you have to look at what the, the Padres gave up. They didn't give up slop. They gave up Voight, who was a very good uh, power-hitting first baseman. Mackenzie Gore was one of their main rotation pieces. C.J. Abrams was a good utility guy, good young guy. They gave up a, a boatload of prospects. So this Soto thing, obviously, you know, you get Soto, you get Hader, you plug them into replacing Trevor Rogers as, as the closer in San Diego. That lineup is going to be just disgusting. Okay, so good, like like Soto said, good luck to the pitchers who has to face Tatis Jr., Soto, Machado, back to back to back. Good luck. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's filthy. Good luck. Mind you, the Padres already have what one of the fifth fifth best record in the league. I think it's sixty and forty six. And they're a wild card. Team. They went from what a top ten team to I'll say top five. They're 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 definitely top. They're top five team, but I I don't know if they're five. Um, I I don't know. I, I know don't know right if I know I like what the Yankees did in trading for Frankie Montes. You know, one of the top pitchers in the league. Yes, mm-hmm. that was a very good move. Um, they also got a couple outfield players and Andrew. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Benton Deli Bentindi Bentindi Benatendi Benatendi. Thank you. They got him, Harrison Bader. I mm-hmm. like that. You know, they used to have the best record in the league, but that was taken over by the Los Angeles Dodgers, who didn't really make any big not, moves. Not splashy, but maybe I mean, they, they tried to make a run at Soto. They did. They they tried. Everybody should have tried to make tried a run at Soto. They 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 went out inside to get Joey Gallo. Couldn't do that either. But they did get Chris Martin. That was a good that was a good move. They didn't really add any starting pitcher, and now they probably need one, knowing that uh, Kershaw's uh, just got hurt recently. But they, 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 I feel like, again, looking at what they had, they weren't going to try and make any big splash moves unless it was to get Soto or Gallo mm-hmm. because the best record in the league, that team continues to be great. They showcase why. The same thing with the Yankees. Like, the Yankees, I think, didn't really make the uh, splash move here, but getting Frank Montas as, as a top pitcher was a very good move. Right. You put Monta, you put uh, Frankie Montas with J- Garrett Cole. I know Garrett Cole has been struggling, but – Yeah, great move. It's a great move. And you look at Seattle, who's trying to make the playoffs for the first time, since 2001, they go out and they get Luis Castillo from the from the Reds. They try to continue to hold court in the AL West. I'm rooting for Seattle, you know, just because it's been how long since they've made the playoffs? Over 20 years since they've made the playoffs. So you have to kind of – eventually you want to kind of see them break through. Um, so I think Seattle – is is definitely trending in the right direction. They got JP Crawford, uh, like I said, Castillo. They got pieces um, mm-hmm. to to make a to make a solid playoff run. But your Phillies, oh, love it, love the moves they made. You know, I was going to talk about them. Love I know you uh, listen. I know they go out there and it's not really splashy, 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 splashy it, me. We it, need it. 
it shores up a lot of their holes that they had. You know, they need another starting pitcher. They go Got out him. and get Noah Syndergaard. Did they it. We out, needed they it. need an outfielder. They go get Brandon Marsh. They need to kind of shore the back end of their bullpen. They go re- reacquire David Robertson. So, and don't forget, we got a uh, Edmundo uh, Soso. Yeah, the they, they from, needed a couple of days early. Like, again, yeah, yeah so me, they, they, need, the, they the, needed to shore in the back end of the, 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 the defense up the middle. They go get Sosa from the, from the Cardinals. So, there's definitely pieces to be excited about if you're a Phillies fan. We should make the wild card now. In my they, I hope they do. We should, we should. I mean, again, look at yeah. the rain, the rain schedule for us. It's pretty nice. It's too. pretty, it's pretty easy. They have a lot of games versus Washington. The, we, we play the Nationals. I think eleven games. This worst is the team, rest of the season. worst team in baseball. Um, so, so we should like. I'm, I'm liking what I see schedule wise. Here, but here's, here's what I'm saying. And as far as I go back to the Padres thing, we're going to kind of put a bow on this on baseball. When it comes down to a wild card scenario where you have to win a game, the Phillies can go out there and run Noma, or they can run Wheeler. Or they can run Syndergaard, or they can run Kyle Gibson, who just took a no hitter into the seventh mm-hmm. in his last pit, last start. So, I think that it's starting to kind of gel in the in, in the National League. Like it's going to be very, very tough to come out of the National League. I mean, this is really the, this, the Phillies are going in for the the one and done because you know Syndergaard has only got a one year deal. Like they're really trying to go all in for the season. We fired our manager, Grigardi, and we got way better. Brandon Marsh, I think, was the, the very centerpiece for me. You get him as a center fielder, that's our best center fielder in what years, Chris. Like, we needed the defense. We gave up some good prospects, but I like what we have now. Bryce Harper should return by the wild card, which I think we should make it. I know he, I know he should be back before the end of the season. It, that's going to be a nasty lineup. Like, we, the lineup was good. Schwarber and Castellanos have finally started to find their groove with us. It took them a while, but they're starting. They're starting to finally starting to fit into the team and the mold, and finally get to find their form when it comes to the batting and, and getting hits and getting on base. So, mm. I think the Phillies have a shot. I mean, again, we say this every year because we have no, been, no, 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 no. Y'all say this every year. I'm, I this every year. I'm off that crack. I've done. I've done. I, I'm, I'm saying, saying every year. Last year was the first it, time. No, until no, I see no, it. No. Last year was the first time we had. An above 500 record, it was only like one game above 500, but above 500, it's in, in 10 years. Right now, we're 10 games above 500, so I like what I'm seeing. Or maybe we might be eight games above 500, but that's pushing for 10. I like us. I like where we're going right now. I think we have a very good shot at getting the wild card and winning. So I like to see the Phillies do something. Turn, give, give some hope to the, the city of Philadelphia right now, because the only team we have hope in right now that hasn't even started yet is the Eagles. So. It's the Eagles. Can't maybe, wait. Maybe the, maybe the Phillies can lead us into the Eagles' future Listen, by continuing to show Philly if I got If I got two teams to root for in, uh, in September and October, I'm happy. I, I'm, then, I'm happy. Because then, cause then happy. you know. You, we can the, talk our trash. Got the Sixers, got the Sixers coming up. Mm. You know, I can't wait. Uh, I can't uh, wait, but I, I don't. I don't. Basketball don't start to December. You know I'm all. Yeah, well. Basketball don't start to December. So technically, <laughs> technically it starts in October, but you know. No, no, no. Basketball don't start until December. Really don't start till December. <laughs> December 25th. Like, I'm, so, I'm glad you finally come around to, to yeah, my point of view. I've right. watched enough basketball. I've seen enough of the film. It's trash up until Christmas. Then people. The, the, the emotional environment. We, I've been to enough games before December to see, oh, yeah, they don't care. They, it, they, don't. It, it, they phone this one. Like, they just, they, they collecting the paycheck. Speaking of collecting the paycheck. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. I like that. I like what you did there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so six-game suspension handed out to Watson from 
uh, former federal judge Sue L. Robinson, Jared, she said that Deshaun Watson displayed, let me get this right, premeditated, uh huh, predatory behavior. But there was no act of sexual violence. So based on NFL, NFL's previous uh, punishments that they've given out, she she felt that the six games was fair. The NFL said, "Oh no 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 no, we cannot have this. No 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 no. Mm-mm. Nope, nope." So they got ex New York New Jersey Attorney General on the case to review and give some sort of a ruling on this one. Jared, I need to know your thoughts on the Cleveland quarterback. Um, I'm so, it's not even about the Cleveland quarterback at this point. We, we understand what Deshaun Watson did. We understand what's been going on for the past year. I, we understand that many people want to see him play football. Others do not want to see him play football. I'm of the belief that he shouldn't be playing football right now especially with all these court cases looming. Uh, I know he's basically um, paid all his uh, all these cases to make them go away, essentially. I understand that. I understand that there's no criminal case against him, but I still don't feel the fact that he has truly earned a chance to be in the NFL right away, knowing that all this was taking place. He got paid the prior season. Even though he didn't play football, he was paid the entire last season while seeking a trade. He got the trade, and not only was he – well, he became the highest paid quarterback. He became the highest paid quarterback with the most guaranteed dollars in $230 million. Mm. And that's like an, a mockery to suppose what the Shield stands for and what the NFL is supposed to believe. It really just fits in the face. So I understand why the NFL is now appealing Sue Robinson's uh, suspension. But she did what only – so I, I kind of look more at the NFL where Sue Robinson did what the NFL set the precedent for. Mm-hmm. The NFL set the precedent for six games because they messed up on the Ray Lewis suspension. They gave Ray Lewis, what, two games for that domestic violence. And then they realized that they made such a big Ray Rice. Ray Rice. Thank you. Ray Rice, they gave him two games, a two-game suspension. They made a huge mistake, and then they started co-opting to the six-game suspensions, and then that was what was handed down to almost everybody for whatever could have gone wrong. You can get six games. And then now you have this Watson incident that now doesn't affect the bottom dollar. Like, Calvin really got a year. And that affected the integrity of the game in their words. That affected the bottom dollar, so he gets a year. Stephen Ross supposedly affects the integrity of the game, but he doesn't really get much of a punishment. Calvin really loses $11 million. Stephen Ross loses a million. That's a billionaire. Losing a million dollars is nothing to him. And then you're looking at right now, Deshaun Watson, I understand what the NFL is doing by appealing this. They're going to try and get a longer sentence. Some is being speculated that they want it to be indefinite. I'm assuming it's probably going to go to – maybe eight to ten games. I don't think a year is going to happen, Chris. I'm going to be really realistic with you. I think it just gets pushed back to eight to ten games. If that does, then you'll still see him on the field, but the Browns' whole plan is not ruined. Their season's done if he gets eight to ten games. Mm-hmm. But I think um, the one the one thing that I uh, took away the most from the Sue Robinson, uh, her whole – she had the, the whole outline of what she said was the beginning of it or close to being where she said the NFL may be forward-facing organization, but it's not necessarily a forward-looking one. Just as the NFL responded to violent conduct committed by former Ravens running back Ray Rice after a public outcry, so so it seems the NFL is responding to yet another public outcry about Mr. Watson's conduct. At least in the former situation, the policy was changed and applied proactively 
Here, the NFL is attempting to impose a more dramatic shift in its culture within the benefit of fair notice to the consistency of consequence for those in the NFL subject to the policy. What she essentially is called the NFL for saying, you guys can continuously can change the rules or change the goalposts wherever you want, and you kind of you kind of are always the judge during execution. And she's like, I don't understand. She's like, there's no pattern of where is it going or how are you going to, who's keeping you guys in check when the leaders are always changing the goalposts. They're going to fix and find a way to instill their power and be not only the law, but the judge and the jury and executioner, which they then tried to vamp by bringing her in. But if they didn't like what she gave, the the suspension she gave out, they never should have did it in the first place because they kind of now made her, her the scapegoat to say, okay, we know she's probably going to give him six games because that's the precedent we've now set. She can't really change that precedent. And then now we can come in as the NFL and appeal that to say, well, hey, we are big supporters of women. We believe Deshaun Watson needs to get a longer suspension. We'll appeal that to make ourselves look good as the face of the NFL, as the shield. But in reality, this was all a, a big plan and plotting point because they didn't really understand what to do for the Deshaun Watson case to begin with. They didn't know what to do. Yeah, they had no clue. They had no clue. They gave way, some way out five, of their way five, out of their five uh, cases. One which was thrown out. So they, she basically had four cases to go through. To basically try and create a suspension, not twenty something that was actually happened. She got four basically. What is she supposed to do with four in the little, like the little, um, basically example? Those are examples of the. They, they, they say here, here are four examples. Now give us a suspension that you deem is worth it. Here's the evidence that may or may not coincide with what these women are saying. Here, let's you you use these four cases and these four these pieces of evidence that we have. That mind you. None of the none of us as the media or fans have been able to see what the actual evidence is. We haven't seen any of it. It's only speculation. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we haven't seen none of it. Like at least when it comes to the actual law, you're able to look up the evidence that was presented. You're able to look up what was being used in court. You're able to look up the things that are going to be taken out of context or being able to use in context for uh, the defense or for the prosecution, stuff like that. We, we haven't seen none of that. None of that hasn't released any of that stuff. So we really don't know how much evidence is there against the Sean Watson and stuff like that. We just know what was what he's being charged, what he was being charged at the time, what he was going through, how many women are out there, how many women keep emerging, and just a small sample size of what has been said to, to, to them. And that was being released by the women themselves. So it's very hard for a person like Sean Robinson to give out an accurate and very detailed or fair punishment when she can only go by what was given to her. Right. So, again, I feel like this just shows more negligence on the NFL as a whole, if we're being honest, because it just showcases that. Since, people, since when is that anything new? Like they really didn't do much again to really push forward the best. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like they, they, they completely just whiffed on this one. Like I know that they put this. They the reason they had this whole system in place because the NFL couldn't properly punish people to begin with. Yeah. So then you put the situation in place and it's like, okay, we don't like what you determined. Well, then you should have did it yourself. But, you know, that's the NFL for you. I, I just, I, I really don't get it. I just don't understand where the NFL gets off sometimes with this, okay, we want you to do X, Y, Z. You do it. Oh, we don't like the way you did it. Or, hmm, we don't like the backlash that it gets on us. So we're going to do it and then probably do it wrong. And we'll be right back talking about this again in a week. So <laughs> it is what it is. So just- and then I don't understand. Like I understand that what uh, the player association is going to file appeal 
of the NFL's appeal, or they're mm-hmm. going to reply to the NFL's appeal of the Sean Watson system. They'll be they'll be in court. Yeah, so it's going to be a back and forth because you know the union has to do what the union does. Yeah. They, they, that's part of the business. It's part of the job. I get that. So I'm I, just trying to figure out union dues. <laughs> you, you're really just trying to figure out where does the NFL go from here because it's not just on Deshaun Watson anymore. It's not just on Roger Goodell NFL. NFL teams were all active. Or the Browns. NFL teams were actively trying to get Deshaun Watson, regardless of what was going on with this case. Yeah, actively going after him. The Browns are just the ones that won, <laughs> won that, and then they were willing to give him that exorbitant amount of money. That's all that really. So it really shows that they doesn't matter what they go forward and say now. That team, as all the Browns, set the precedent that they do not care about women's rights as much as they say they do. They're forward looking. They don't care because they gave him that much money, knowing that this case was still onwards. It was still going on. He just started reaching settlements what a month ago. They traded for him three, four months ago. He didn't even start settling yet. Jimmy Haslam, D Haslam, they own the Browns. They said that Deshaun Watson has done everything in his power to make amends and do right and be better and second chance. You know, we we've heard, yep. we've heard we've heard what, what's being said. At the end of the day, if you can if you're talented enough to win in the NFL, you can damn near get away with murder. And I just I understand again. I want to make sure we understand that Chris and I do understand the law. Settlements does not mean guilt. Does not mean innocence. Doesn't mean guilt. It just means that he settled so they didn't have to go through long court dates because at the end of the day, this would have taken years rather than the one or one month, one year and some change that it took. I understand that. Yeah. But and, he, and he's still pleading innocent. So I don't know what's going on with Sean. But I do know he said he ain't do nothing wrong. If he was that innocent, his words not mine. Fight it. Fight it. That's what he should have. He didn't right now. He shouldn't even be in the NFL. And this kind of goes to what Chris and I were saying episodes ago. It'll be said in this episode too. What's good in Cleveland? What, what's good about it? Nothing. What is there to be proud of? You, you know, the massage convention is in Cleveland this year. Oh, you, can't, you can't make this up. I didn't even know there was such thing as a massage convention. You, you, I you bet you, know. I know somebody who did know. <laughs> Move so like, on. Besides being an Ohio State fan, the only what really do you have going for you to live in Ohio, to live in Cleveland, Ohio? What what what, what hmm. really is there for you? Because hmm. that's we'll, we'll have somebody on to maybe mention it to us. Uh, maybe, uh, but hmm. as of right now, I'm, I'm I Cleveland? can't find I can't find the silver lining in it. Well, never, left for a reason twice. Never, never <laughs> heard, twice. As, <laughs> Joe, as Joe Kim Noah once said, I never heard anyone say. And they go vacation in Cleveland. Um, LeBron left not once, Chris, but twice did he leave. I'm just saying, like that. He got it. He got to the ring, sure, but he ain't stayed too much longer after. He, he, he didn't say I'm gonna end my career here. He said, "No, I'm out." He buried me. So I wouldn't have went the first time. <laughs> I mean, he got drafted. There. there was no chance. I was driving. I was going. To, I was making my way around the, the world. I was on 76. I-76 in Pennsylvania. I saw a sign that said Cleveland. I stopped my car and turned around. I said, I want no parts. None of Cleveland. Yeah. Speaking of Ohio, though, the Hall of Fame game, Jared, in Canton with your boy Dougie P. Dougie P back. Jared, did you watch the game at all? I uh, watched some of it, saw clips. You know, some of us had to work. There was one alarming thing for me as not only a football fan, but also a fantasy a uh, quote unquote expert, you know, I like to uh-huh. throw that throw that title out there from time uh-huh. to time. But, but, but. I saw something that was alarming to me, Chris. Talk to me. Josh McDaniels. The era of Josh McDaniels is uh, the Raiders head coach. Yeah. I'm loving what I see from the Raiders organization. Now yeah. they've uh, removed certain stains. 
certain alarming factors that cause them to, you know, become an outcry that's, of mockery. That's another that's another guy who's suing the league is John Gruden, by the way. Go ahead. But um I saw I like, you know, I like the I love Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro is becoming a slot machine. Like uh, uh-huh. that's uh-huh. how good he is. Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams was a huge piece. Uh-huh. And I thought that Josh Jacobs was going to be a focal point as well of the offense. I thought that. You you I thought, thought. That, I thought that Josh Jacobs, because I've seen him get a thousand yards two seasons straight. I've seen him do only, what he does. Only last year was his first year. Only last year. I've, saw, I've seen him do it. I've seen him be a very good running back. He's worked on his uh, pass catching, which I, which we saw last year. I know they brought in Kenyon Drake, but what I did not expect was that John McDaniel was only going to give this man seven touches on eleven snaps, thirty-six yards. I think he did. I think first he of all, first of all, anything that comes. It's a preseason game. I what? get that, but it's, you know, hold on, hold on, and it's the Hall of Fame game, Jerry. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have played any of my starters in that game. You, you got to give him a little right. bit of look. It's the Hall of Fame game. I get. It, I get. It, I, I got to give who a look. But when you do that, though, and you give Josh Jacobs that look, oh, 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 stop it! Stop Chris, it! Why does this make me feel stop like it. they're gonna run a running stop back committee? Why do you feel that though? Stop it! Is he no longer the lead back? The Hall, just, the Hall of Fame game, Jerry. Mm. It's a precedent that gets set, Chris. Eleven snaps, seven touches. Because he took one snap. I, I, I get the, that. I looking the more later. He, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I saw Dougie. Dougie P had Trevor Lawrence out there in pads. Did Trevor Lawrence take a snap? Yeah. Did he? Did he or did he not take a snap? I mean, come on now, Did he or did he not take a snap? No. No. You know why? Because it's Trevor Lawrence, we know who's playing. I wouldn't have played Josh Jacobs, okay? I would have said it. Kenyon Drake can go out there and take all the snaps he wants. Nah, I'm man. not playing. Jo- Josh Jacobs is going to be my starting running back behind a offensive line that's getting better, not great, but getting better. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. Who didn't? Who played out of all of them guys? Josh Jacobs. I wouldn't have played him at all. Josh McDaniels. He's never going to get better than me. I wouldn't have played him at all. I think Josh McDaniels is doing that because he won. He, he First of all, if I saw Jared Stidham coming out there and playing, Stidham, Stidham, not even like Brian Hoyer or somebody, not even a good Patriots backup. You know, it's Stidham. Come on, man. Stop Listen. This is only Stop I'm only it. bringing this up because of the fantasy outlook that it brings. It has nothing to do, this has nothing to do with fantasy football. Jared, yes, if you, if you're going to draft him, this game has not swayed your opinion on whether or not you're going to draft draft Josh Jacobs. I don't I normally don't draft Josh Jacobs. I'm a Miles Sanders guy. He normally falls to me in, in the round. Good, good luck. They're both they're both one A one B. Because Miles Sanders is not taking first team reps with the Eagles, apparently, allegedly. That's what the reports are saying. Listen, he got he's he, he, they got to work him in. He's still coming off a little couple injuries. How many there. times we got to work him? Why why you got to why, why if you gonna say the same thing about Josh Jacobs, you gotta say the same thing about Sanders. What I'm saying is, listen, Josh Jacobs comes from oh, the Patriots. How many times? How many times did Josh Jacobs get in the end zone last year? More than Miles Sanders. Me and Miles Sanders had the same amount of touchdowns last year. That's, so that's come that's on, man. Come on. That's a, that was a coaching thing. This is going to be different. All I'm saying is, when you look at McDaniel's coming from the Bill Belichick tree, 
Uh-huh. Bill Belichick is a run by committee guy. He does it. Look at Rondre Stevenson and Harris last year. Harris and Ramon Stevenson could have both been the weed back, and he said, no, we'll, we'll put the carry. Is Ramondre Stevenson better than Josh Jacobs? They're on par, in my opinion. They're what? Not, they're on par. Josh Jacobs catches better than Ramondre Stevenson can catch. They both do the same thing on the field. They run, they pound what? the ball. They pound the ground, and they both don't get 100 yards in a game. Stop and the same, like, what are we right. talking about? On the other side, on the other side, of the t- so I can't, wait, I can't talk to be you. honest. We can't glorify running backs unless they're a top five. We can't. Okay, I can I can definitively sit here and tell you that Josh Jacobs nah. is a better running Got it. Come on, Jay. You put Ramondre Stevenson in that Raider system last year, I feel like he's put up the same numbers. I, I'm, I, that's, that's, that's how I feel. They put up the same <sighs> Guy gave me 606 uh, touch yards and five touchdowns on 133 attempts. Give him the same stat, any car 123 yards received. It's like, I get it. I get we want to glorify Josh Jacobs. That's my dude from Alabama. He's a stud. I get it. But his rookie year was relatively similar to Ramon Stevenson's rookie year. Did he just beat him out by more attempts and 200 yards? Because remember, that was Ramon Stevenson's air quotes rookie year. What's the difference? What's, what is the big difference? What's the big difference between Josh Jacobs? And mind you, Josh Jacobs has 2,000 yard years, like I said, back then. Two. 1,000-yard years back to back. 2019-2020. Right. He had 872 last season. Right. And nine touchdowns. And so he didn't hit 1,000 yards last season. Didn't hit 1,000 yards last season, no. So how many games did he play last year? Uh, I'm pretty sure he played, what, 15? So two games he missed. I believe he missed only like two games. Okay. I might, I might be lying to you. I could be. I might be lying to you. But that, that's on the top of my head. I'm not even looking it up. Okay. I'm just saying. We're gonna come back. We're gonna. I'm. Gonna, I'm. I'm gonna play fifteen. I'm right. He played fifteen games. Played fifteen games. Two. He missed two games. Missed two games. Got eight hundred seventy-two yards rushing. Eight hundred seventy-two yards. Only lost two fumbles last year. On two hundred seventeen attempts. Yes. Ramondre Stevenson, who is the second running back in the New England, he's not even the starter. He's the second running back. Is on par with Josh Jacobs. I want to hear you say it. So yes, I want to say, you I said, if you everybody, I want everybody, like, I want everybody, I want everybody to rewind ball. this about five minutes and listen to the part where What's you the said they're on par. Nah, I mean, come on now. It's like, where, they, where's really the biggest par? difference right now? What is, where's the, where's the, Josh growth Jacobs is Josh better. Where's the, where's the growth? He, he regressed what? last season. He regressed last season. All right. If Ramondre Stevens comes out, and it gets a thousand yards this season because I this gets season. a starter because he might be starting. Then we can talk. Then All we right. can talk because I think he might be starting this year. Damian Harris look good, but you know Bill Belichick likes to switch it up. Oh, okay, let's be yeah. fair. We ain't never know who the start running back for the uh, Patriots is any year. We don't know who the play caller is for the Patriots this year. I'm about, I'm about to go call some plays for the Patriots. I can call plays. Twenty three blasts. That's about it. Um, Devontae Parker. Yeah, yeah. Get up, give the ball to anybody but Mac Jones. Get the ball out of his hands. Jarrett, give me your thoughts real quick. You know, we're wrapping everything up here. Brittany Griner, um, situation in Russia. He she got sentenced to nine years in a Russian jail for possession of of cannabis oil, basically. Cannabis oil in a vape pen in her luggage. Jared, like, tell me, tell me about what's going on, and your thoughts on that whole situation. A lot of people wanted to hear us talk about that. 
It's horrible. I feel so bad for Brittany Griner. Again, it was illegal weed, but you can't have weed in Russia. It's illegal. Um, it's really just sad to see that she's still being detained. Mm-hmm. I think it's even sad to see that I'm getting ESPN like trade chime. I'm getting notifications from ESPN that they're willing, they're going to be looking for the United States is looking for a trade to send Russians or prisoners over to Russia Brittany Griner, prisoner swaps. And we're getting that as an ESPN chime or cheering. I'm like, that that feels weird to me. Oh, it I is weird. Like I feel like that's making a light of the situation where this is a very serious thing. She's been over there for months now in prison. She's got nine years and you don't know what's going to happen. You're still waiting to see what's going on with our government. How much, how willing are they trying to do to get Brittany Griner out? Because that nine year sentence is, is horrible. And it kind of shows, it sheds even more light to the WNBA, in my opinion, Chris. Because this only happened because the NBA doesn't pay their athletes a respectable margin. I'm not saying that they're going to get what NBA players make. I feel like there's a different, there's a level of differences to how much the sport brings in, income wise and level of popularity. But I do believe they deserve more than what they are making as of right now. They I think that's, I think that's the biggest that. thing is just like she shouldn't have been in that position. She should have never been in this situation in the first place if the WNBA felt that they deserve to pay their women more. And I feel like that's another thing that should be getting looked at that's not even being talked about as much. This whole Brittany Griner situation could have been avoided if WWE played maybe ha- half to at least what these players should be making. They, some of these WWE players should be making, they should be making more than 6,000 a year. They right. should be making more than 125,000 a year. They should, I'm not saying they all deserve to make 10 plus million, but hey, can they get $5 million be the max for some of these players? Can they get it be a million? Where Brittany Griner went to Russia to get what, a million, 2.5 million? That make should it, be what the precedent that WWE should be already have set. And make the fact it, make that it much more bringing in, them in Russia. Yeah, so it's just that's it's really hard. It's it's hard. It's hardening to see this happen to her. It's hardening to see that the fact that her family and everything has to go through with this. So I'm hoping that something gets done. I'm hoping that we they work something out to bring her back because at this point in time, it's really just sad to know that the WNBA is still going on while Brittany Griner's in prison now, just being faced with a nine year prison sentence, which isn't which is a year removed of the maximum sentence of ten years. Like that, that was something to even mention. Like it's not like that's crazy. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's just a sad state of affairs, um, especially when you kind of get into the 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 issues when it, when you're dealing with Russia and you're dealing with you know legalities across countries and the, the diplomatic issues, and then the the Russian relationship with the United States, and then the United States has to get you know it's it's just a lot of of, of hoops to jump through. It's a lot to digest. But I think the biggest thing that we need to realize when it comes to Brittany Griner and when you come to this situation is that we have to be aware of what the root cause of all of this is. And I think the the to me, it's that the WNBA players don't have a you know a comparable a comparable wage to their male counterparts. And I think that we have to, you know, for the WNBA. As a business, I think that they need to find a way to be more sustainable so that their players can also make more and they can get more and then we can do more as a as a business model to make sure players get more of the lion's share of what they're you know what they deserve. So we're hoping, you know, we're I know me, me and Jared, we're both hoping that Brittany Griner gets home safe. Um, Skylar Diggins-Smith, you know, basically said in a press conference, 
you know, how do you expect us to go out here and play? And one of our teammates is, you know, sentenced to almost a decade in a Russian jail. Like, how do you get the emotional, you know, how do you get that emotions out to, to play? And I, I definitely think that's a, a fair point. There's a lot more people involved and affected by this, just more than Brittany Griner, her family, her teammates, her friends. So I hope that this situation gets resolved. You know, we both hope the situation gets resolved fairly quickly. Jared, um, real quick, your thoughts on on the passing of of Bill Russell and Vince Scully. Um, Bill Russell's an iconic legend. Great, great, greatest uh, what NBA winner ever. all time ever. ever. Maybe in, maybe in history because I don't think anybody will surpass him in wins. Oh. When it comes to the type of champion he was, an 11 NBA champ, won one as a coach, five-time MVP, mm-hmm. 11 time All-Star, the what, tw- um, 21 and 0 in, in elimination games. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. The guy was literally a walking, oh, 15 and 20 mm-hmm. a night guy. Nice. And again, I wasn't alive during the times that he played basketball. But when you just look up the numbers, you could kind of look up some of the the videos, the highlights if you want. Watch some of those. Uh, Predated before the 780 and 1000 P, you'll see it, but it, it, it goes to show you it was a testament to him. So many people worshiped and, and iconicized him. It was, uh, he was a friend of Jackie Robinson, he believed in the black movement, he fought and supported certain things that we should all support and be grateful for. So, yeah. hey man, rest in peace to a legend. I definitely think that that Bill Russell's numbers, you know, aren't flashy, aren't great, but he's the he's one of the greatest winners. And all of sports, um, what he did off the court is just as impressive as what he did on the court. You know, we talk about the Cleveland Summit. We talk about the things that he went through in Boston in the 60s, people breaking into his house and the things that he went through. It's just a ridic- it's ridiculous the amount of adversity this man went through and overcame. So definitely shouts out to him. Much respect to him. Vince Scully, a broadcasting legend that with the Dodgers for almost 70 years, okay, called games for Jackie Robinson, called games for Clayton Kershaw. So you look at that time frame, it's an amazing thing to to have, to have seen. And, you know, we definitely want to send our condolences to both guys' families and their impact on sports will, will definitely long, will know, be, be felt for many years to come. So thank you all for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you liked what you hear, please tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in we're still a five-star rated podcast on itunes so we appreciate the support we appreciate your reviews if you like what you hear leave us a review uh you can follow us on all your favorite social media it's at sttp podcast make sure you follow me at underscore chris cross follow me at underscore jnp definitely more definitely follow more big things to come more what content more guests funny stories funny quotes everything's gonna be happening real soon for us so can't wait, and we can't hate to wait, hate on Cleveland some more. Make sure you keep it locked right here. We get straight to the point. <laughs> <laughs>